This is BioBusters Professors Hanging Out Talking Science, episode number 49, recorded on December 21st, 2021. Hello, folks. You are listening to the podcast about all things science. I am Dr. Abi Abdallah, and I am here with Dr. Keller. We do not have a fawner today. Not yet. We'll see. He may or may not join depending on his uh, schedule. He's got a. But, you know, we we talked about it. We wanted to make sure we're getting a a few more episodes out to our loyal viewers and listeners. So that is why today. Indeed. So he may uh, join us a little bit later. We'll see. If not, uh, then Mulcat, you'll you'll, help be with us uh, for the next episode which I'm very excited about. Oh, yes. So our 50th episode 50th is going episode. to be the Ig Nobel Awards, which are always hilarious. I love the Ig Nobel Awards. So uh, that's uh, pretty much a comedy episode, I would say. I hope so. All right, let's do it. So uh, birthday today, born December 21st, 1980, and died April 5th, 1967. Herman Joseph Mueller, mm-hmm. famous American geneticist, uh, first want to show that mutations and hereditary changes uh, to genes could be caused by uh, x-ray exposure. And from there, we entered sort of the realm of mutagenesis, where you can actually induce mutations into genes, etc. cetera. Uh, worked on Drosophila fruit flies, and uh, he first showed this effect in 1927. Uh, he was born in New York City, died in Indianapolis. And, you know, I was looking him up. Uh, he uh, really excelled as a student, was a really smart guy. Uh, sure did. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> yeah, matriculated in Columbia at age 16. 16. Yeah. It's like a scientific Doogie Hauser. <laughs> I know. BA in biology in 1910, a PhD in 1916, both from Columbia. And Uh, Some of our listeners may have heard of Thomas Hunt Morgan, big fruit fly geneticist. He also won a Nobel Prize in 1933 for elucidating the role of chromosomes in heredity. And uh, um, this guy, Herman Joseph Mueller, was one of his uh, students in his lab. And Mueller was eventually awarded the Nobel Prize himself in 1946 for the discovery that mutations can be induced by x-rays. And uh, one interesting tidbit I found that I thought was cool. Carl Sagan worked in this guy's lab as an undergrad. And that cool. is, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Big, that's a big name. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I'm just doing the math here while you're talking. So he was 26 when he got his PhD. And I, I don't, I don't know, back in those days, it was, I, I believe it took people a lot longer to get a PhD. So you might say to yourself nowadays, well, you know, a PhD who's around 30 is still pretty young in the scientific, you know, world. Usually that's yeah. somebody doing a postdoc. Um, but back in the night, early 1900s, I would, I would argue that that's probably not the norm to get a, a, an advanced degree at that age. So again, I think, uh, I think it just shows how, how intelligent this guy was. Yeah, and apparently uh, this is after he had taken a couple years off. By the way, he he did he took two years off to apparently study metabolism at 
Cornell. Mm. So he like left Columbia, went to Cornell for two of years. Of course, Cornell, there it is again. <laughs> There's the link. <laughs> <laughs> to study metabolism and then decided to come back to Drosophila and someone offered him a job at a university as a professor and they told him, you, you know, you got to get your PhD before you can get, the, get that, you know, offer finalized or whatever. So he started working hard on his PhD apparently. But uh, left the U.S. at some point, went over to Germany, then from Germany to Russia, then then back to the yeah, U.S. Yeah, all over. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, tell us about, we've got a clarification to do, but we'll do it when we talk about the coronavirus. Tell us about your background. Sure. So you may see I've got a little disembodiment going on here, but it's just the color of my shirt. You know, uh, if you so, move just right, your head can have a halo, one of those like saint halos in painting, if you move it the other way. <laughs> probably the only way it's going to ever happen. So so what I'm showing here, this is a, a, a type of auger called Mueller-Hinton. So Mueller-Hinton is a an auger that we use. So uh, you can see the, the bacteria is growing all over the auger here. Is and it we're related to the Mueller guy we just talked about? Is the Maybe. Be? Uh, and... Uh, we uh, we're looking for antibiotic resistance here. And so if I move over, what this is, is a little antibiotic. This is actually vancomycin, which is a pretty potent antibiotic. Uh, we put that right in the middle. And then as the drug diffuses out into that auger surrounding the, the, the disc, it's killing the bacteria, or at least inhibiting the growth of the bacteria that are there. And so we call that sensitive. That's that's how we first determined how to use the which antibiotic in patients. We have other ways now, as opposed to what you see over here on the other side with um, a different antibiotic. And you can see that, that there's a very small area of clearing. In other words, it didn't really affect the bacteria that much. It would be a poor choice for treatment for a patient because the strain of, of bacteria, which is which is actually a Staphylococcus aureus. So staph wouldn't be affected too much by that. You'd want to really, you know, knock it down with that vanco that you can see there. So, so you take a Petri dish and you grow the bacteria on top of it, right? And that sort of Correct. beige, white looking, you know, yellowish looking stuff is the bacteria. And then you take these discs and you put antibiotics on these discs, right? And you put them on there. And if there's a clearance zone, like this big halo behind you, that's, antibiotic killing the bacteria, correct? Yeah, this is uh, something that we work with all the time in, in our lab. Yeah, we do it in the labs all the time, yeah. All the time for our yeah, essential oil research, we're always using blank discs. So just just discs of paper with it that are sterile and we put a little bit of oil on there and we look for the same effect. So that's yeah. how we find out that you know cinnamon oil is pretty potent. Wow, thank you for that. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to give us a coronavirus update? Sure. As of 12-21-21, there have been just about 276 worldwide cases, a million cases, uh, 5.4 million deaths worldwide in the U.S. We're uh, just around 52 million cases with 829,000 deaths. For our vaccination effort, uh, those that are deemed partially vaccinated, 11.7%, uh, fully vaccinated, 61, and, and adding it together, uh, of course, 72.7% of the population is vaccinated, at least partially. The globally, of course, it's a different story. 
Uh, there, there have been 8.78 billion, that's with the B, billion doses. Right? So that, that's, that's very impressive. It's a lot, that's but a lot. it's not enough yet. Right? Yeah. So 57% yeah. of the world's population, the world's population received at least one dose. Um, but only 8.1% of people in lower income countries have received at least one dose. And that, of course, is where I think we need to make our next move against the virus. I, I agree. I think we should be we should be focusing on vaccinating the rest of the world. Speaking of vaccines and coronaviruses, we've got a small clarification to make. So then last episode, we uh, we had talked about, you know, vaccines preventing severe death and severe coronavirus one all death is severe i guess <laughs> severe coronavirus cases yes yes yes, yes <laughs> and yes. deaths right and um at some point we had mentioned uh that there are breakthrough infections and that the vaccines are not necessarily protecting you from infection uh it turns out that you know obviously there's a caveat to that with with boosters the third booster they're seeing perhaps antibody levels high enough to prevent infection as well. So we want to make that clarification, right? So, but that does not mean that uh, uh, you you are 100% protected from getting the coronavirus, but you are over 90, 95% protected from getting severe COVID. And that's an important distinction to make. Yeah, I think that that was what we were trying to get across right. in right. our last discussion is that just because you have all of these vaccines, we can't, you know, there, there could be a mutation tomorrow, yeah. even. I yeah. mean, you're not protected yeah. from, from anything, but, but you know, a 97% protection from severe disease, that's well worth that. it to get three shots in the arm. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. And, you know, I've seen some griping and, you know, online is like oh when 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 does it end how many boosters will it take well if if we had if we have to take a yearly shot like we do for the flu uh, to protect ourselves from death what's what's wrong with that i mean why does it why does why does it have to end at a certain number of shots right this is here to stay we've said that before i think people are realizing that more now than before and um you know, if it and, you know, we've said and you have said that on this podcast before that this will become a cyclical infection. And if we need a yearly dose, then we need a yearly dose. So I, I don't see the problem with that. Do you Well, No, but let's see where we go. I mean, there's going to be griping about anything for any reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was just walking through getting groceries for uh, for Christmas dinner and poor kids needs a vaccine at Giant Eagle. Right. Because they're giving out covid vaccines now. He's running through the store. His mom's chasing him down. You know, I mean, you're going to hear griping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, um, I mean, what we'll see is just what we see with every other new virus or strain of virus in our population. It will adapt to us. Yeah. Viruses don't typically want to kill us. They want to replicate, make more virus and move on. So I think you're seeing that with the Omicron variant, too. Yeah. I think what's what's evidently clear from some of the early data that's come out so far is that two shots of the vaccine are clearly not enough for preventing infection. I'm sorry if you keep hearing uh, my my computer. 
uh, uh, two shots are not enough of the Moderna vaccines uh, and the Pfizer vaccines, the mRNA vaccines are not enough to uh, prevent infection of Omicron. A third shot apparently boosts antibody levels. Moderna said yesterday that it boosts their antibody levels 37-fold. 37-fold is a lot. And that is enough, yeah. apparently, to prevent an infection with Omicron, right? Which is great. What's not so great is that all of these other vaccines out there, the Russian vaccine, the Chinese vaccine, Sinovac, Sputnik, whatever, uh, uh, AstraZeneca, maybe, I'm, I'm not so sure on that one, the, the one that's uh, 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 predominant in Europe, what's, What's coming out is that those are not great for Omicron. So a lot of these people in a lot of these countries that had been vaccinated may now need to either get boosted by mRNA vaccines or get a, a, full, a full sort of dose of vaccination with, with mRNA. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, the mRNA seemed to be the most effective vaccine uh, platforms out there. And I think it's going to take a little bit more to figure out why. Because, you know, all of them presumably are vaccinating against the spike protein. Do they induce a higher level of, of antibodies? Uh, do they induce a, a, a better antibody response? And everybody's focusing on antibodies. And I know you're, you're with me on this one. Everybody's ignoring the T cells and the B cells. You don't, you well, don't, the B cells are the antibody. Everybody's ignoring the T cells, man. And I agree. I yeah. agree. So, I mean, you're only as good as your adjuvant in this case. Uh-huh. That's, that's the bottom line. You're only that, that as good as your be, adjuvant. Yeah, that could be true. That could be so again, remember true, yeah. just to, an adjuvant is, it's typically a chemical or a compound that, that really activates the immune response. It, it takes it off. It makes it active. It makes the, um, our immune cells respond and start, you know, talking to each other so that when we give a vaccine with say a spike protein, which Eh, they're probably not going to care about, but when they see it and, and they've been activated by an adjuvant, then they really respond to make antibody. Yeah. yeah. And I would, I would argue that the MRA, I mean, it's just backing up, right? What's the best vaccine that you can get? Well, the <laughs> infection. Infection. But, yeah. But, you know where I'm going to go but, with that later. But we but, don't want that one. We don't want that. Right? Not in this case, but no. you know, uh, getting the real virus. But then, so the best vaccines that we have are usually live, attenuated, typically, right. and and so we weaken the virus. But you know that can make you sick. Then we have killed, and, and those are pretty good because you're giving more components of the virus. Well, giving the mRNA, I think I would argue is better than giving the spike protein because the mRNA is at least it's, it's actually going through our systems going through our cells. It's being used by our cells machinery, which is going to make those cells that are making it more active. And it's going to make them secrete yeah. cytokines. It's yeah. going to make them talk to their neighbors. I so I, I just I argue that with, along with the adjuvant, it's going to induce a stronger yeah. immune response. That's probably that. why we have seen higher yeah. antibody levels in the people that we've actually looked at. Yeah. I want to see, T-cell data. I bet you these people have a better T-cell memory response. And this they is may. just a hunch. I, I want to see it. I want to see the data. I, 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 uh, this is a hunch on, on, on my end. We'll see. So you think on the booster effect, you're just getting more T-cells, I, stronger T-cell memory. That, yeah. And I think the reason they're, they're better at, at, at um, 
uh, preventing death as well or severe COVID is that you have better T cell response. And well, and maybe we'll, and we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I don't. I don't know. I don't well, know. How can we get T cells to induce isotype switching to IgA better? Because yeah. the IgA, yeah. you, I mean, if you want a vaccine again, you want that uh, antibody that's in the lungs and the mucosal sites, like the lungs, to to be functioning best. Yeah. yeah. I don't care if it gets in the bloodstream. Right? I want it to stop at the lungs. True. True. No. Well, we'll see what happens. So far, so far, the data has been coming out so far is that the mRNA vaccines boosted. So a third dose mm-hmm. brings your antibody levels up so high that you are protected uh, in, in most cases, even from infection, they're saying. Uh, we'll see. And there have been a lot of documented cases of asymptomatic, of extremely mild symptoms after boosters. So. You know, we've recommended the boosters before we recommend, we recommend them again. Look, I, I just don't, I don't think it can hurt. Yes. There'll, there'll be a couple, a couple people with, with maybe a response, you know, like, you know, a, a severe reaction to it. Yes, it can happen. Sure. Yeah. But, but that usually means your, your body is doing what it's supposed to, you know? And so it's actually a good thing to be, feel sick after a vaccine. You want your patient to feel sick. You you don't want to be, oh, that was nothing. That means it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what, what happened is, uh, you know, Moderna is now saying that their booster uh, increases uh, uh, the vaccine uh, 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 antibody levels by 37-fold, and that's with the half dose on the third injection. They said that it's even higher with a full dose, but they're not FDA approved for a full dose, uh, right, on the third booster. So Moderna is 100 micrograms, 100 micrograms, that third dose is 50. So they're, they're FDA approved for that, but they tested in their labs, they tested, you know, both both doses, right? And there's a higher response even with that, with that third one, right? And the data that's coming out so far, uh, so the one... The one uh, research uh, a study that we looked up for this that came out of the University of, to- of Tokyo and they, they've they've uh, it's a it's a preprint so not 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 reviewed yet right, right. Uh, they uh, in the lab they're saying that Omicron variant requires around a tenfold increase in the concentration of serum antibodies in order to neutralize the virus compared to Delta. So let's say just random number. If you needed uh, ten antibodies for Delta, now you'd need hundred antibodies for Omicron, right? So, uh, yeah. so, so it's a numbers game, right? The more antibodies you have, the better, right? Which is why I think these boosters are working because they're boosting up those those numbers significantly. Of course, but for how long, you know? Right? How long will that stay boosted? We well, don't know. But you know, looking back at, at at vaccine schedules, there are a lot of vaccines that are three doses or more. This is nothing new for for true. immunology right true right true. it's nothing yeah, it's new true. mmr many happy many doses uh, you know so this is nothing new for immunology in terms of a third dose or more to get the full uh, hepatitis right I'm, I'm trying to think of vaccines in my mind really quickly a lot of them are three doses or more so this three. is this is nothing <laughs> i mean new. three I, you know unless you need a booster for some reason yeah yeah so three. people are like oh yeah. hi you know, why the third dose? And I'm thinking, well, you know, a lot of vaccines that we take in childhood oh, into yeah. adolescence is three doses or more. It's a new type of vaccine. 
it's it's yeah. new. We don't know that much about mRNA vaccines. Clearly, they work. There's no doubt. Nobody can go around saying, well, they don't work. They clearly work, or else we'd have a lot more cases than we've had. I would have had COVID. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. So we know that they work. So tenfold, one, though. Oof, that's yeah, a, right. That's a lot, but. Uh, but you know the boosters induce a higher higher fold than that. So the, we do so have, good. and and the other thing, you know, we do have the tools to fight this. We still have, you know, basic hygiene, wash your hands, mask wearing. You know, there are a ton of studies out there that show how effective masks are to prevent uh, these viruses from escaping, right? From a person. Social distancing. You know? I, again, I have not. I've not been sick since COVID hit. With, with anything yeah Flu, I'm, uh, yeah true true i used to get the the At annual once a year yeah annual everybody viruses from from students really you know i think or from crowded classrooms and i have i haven't had any annual for for a few years now or the gym or the gym true yeah i'm not i'm not in any way just blaming i'm not blaming students i'm, I'm saying crowded crowded rooms <laughs> crowds yeah yeah but um, so other data that's come out, which is also reassuring uh, in a way that we, you know, we know the virus hasn't even we've said before it mutated a lot, but you know that the mutations are still so it still uses the ACE2 receptor, right? And uh, it is a little bit more efficient apparently at infecting uh, 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 at, at transmission, right? So at the beginning of December, the number of Omicron viruses in the U.S or cases that were identified as Omicron were less than 10%. Now more than 70% of so cases in the U.S. just two weeks later, three weeks later, are all Omicron. And Yeah, but they're, they're so mild. Yeah, so, I mean, so these, far, these people are, so far I just evidence want to say, suggests they're mild. Well, yeah, people aren't being diagnosed because they're on ventilators. They're being diagnosed through routine testing. and PCR testing. And, yeah. and PCR testing. And because, uh, for, yeah, from what, I, what, I've, what I've heard now is the vast majority of cases are upper respiratory tract, not lower. And, and I, I don't know. I just, you know, I listen to different sources. I read different sources, but it just boggles my mind how uneducated some of our uh, our media and 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 who, people that go on saying they're health on these on air saying they're health professionals. Mm -hmm. right? It's the same as everything else, right? All of the coronaviruses that we've had through through history have been upper respiratory tract infections that caused the common cold. I guarantee at some point they didn't when they first entered the human population. It's just like SARS-CoV-1. Right? Now that didn't make it through the entire population, but this did. And now you're going to see it become variants until it just lives with us. We're going to have it. You're going to get more colds. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll invest in some NyQuil or something, but you know, it's, it's not going to go away, but will we need vaccines in the future? That might be a different story. We may not. It yeah, may we'll adapt see. itself. We'll yeah. yeah. If, if it, if it becomes as weak as other coronaviruses that cause the common cold, then, then not. At least people aren't calling it Omicron anymore. Cause that was killing me for a while. I just, uh, that is true. Where, where'd you get the end? Yeah. Omicron. Yeah. I saw a meme, uh, something about along the lines of this is not how I wanted to learn the Greek alphabet or something like that. <laughs> But here we are. Here, here we, we are. are. So I think, I mean, like you said, most new infections that, that come out, they come out strong because there's no natural immunity in the population against them. And then eventually they, they, they get weaker and fizzle out. And 
I mean, look at smallpox in the Native American population. I, I yep. know that's a bad story. No, yeah, decimate, that was, that decimate, was decimated them. Yeah, decimated the entire it, population, right? Yeah, there, but, there was no way the well, I pick on the Spanish. It was no way the Europeans were going to take over based on force. But yeah, they wiped out the entire people with, yeah. with one bug. They, ne- they needed germs. Germs and never steel, right? It, germs and it's steel. a good book, right? It is. So it is. It is who wrote an excellent that? book. Uh, Jared Diamond. Oh, yes, yes. Of course. It is Jared Diamond in it. I believe he also so. wrote Collapse. You have it behind you? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think Jared it is, Diamond, absolutely, it is, 100%. Yes, Jared yes. Diamond, we'll he also wrote Collapse, which, so for our listeners I did not read Collapse. There, I don't know Collapse. Oh, I'll, uh, I, I may have an extra copy i can put it put in the mail for you um you could for our listeners uh we are making a book recommendation i guess so jared diamond with the germs uh and uh, what is it guns germs and steel guns germs and steel. Yeah. uh and uh, uh and then the second book is collapse collapse talks about how the uh polynesian islands of easter island uh Cairn, Pitcairn, um, mm-hmm. there's a third one, how they developed these huge, massive civilizations, pot, extremely uh, successful cultures, they, they traded with each other, etc. And then what led to the collapse of pretty much like all three islands with not a single soul left. So talks about big, big stone heads are. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, Eastern yeah, yeah. Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. the Rapa Nui, the Rapa Nui uh, right. uh, civilization. Yeah. And that was a long time ago. I don't yeah. This is where, by the way, Rapa Mycin comes from. The drug that's used very interesting. To, yeah, yeah. The drug used to, uh, uh, was it cell cycle, uh, cell cycle arrest or something mm-hmm. like that? Very um, interesting. But anyway, we're, we're, we're digressing. But yeah, we recommend, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we recommend. Maybe we books. should recommend more books. I, yeah, I, don't I, know. I agree. We, we, I know all three of us read voraciously, and and I think uh, our listeners would would like to probably hear about things. Well, like we'll that. just start with that for now. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, and um, collapse. By the way, there's there's a couple studies out there that counter his argument that you know maybe so. There's just um, if you read collapse, also read the counter arguments, just so you can. Just there's get always counter arguments, and it's not always fake news, Delbert. That's right. No, no, I'm not saying. Uh, yeah, no, I, I never said it was fake news. Alternative mm-hmm. facts. Alternate. It's, it's not alternative <laughs> kidding, facts. Kidding. <laughs> All right. So we have postponed it two weeks now. Tell us. Might, about we need the, to do it. Yeah. No, we got to do it. It's the end of the year, and they award these prizes soon. So, tell us about the Nobel Physics Prize. The Royal Swedish Academy of Science has decided to award the Nobel Prize in Physics for 2021 for groundbreaking contributions to our understanding of complex physical systems. So I know, vague, right? I I know, know, right? They give some explanation. I feel like I should, like, there should be trumpets and stuff. Okay, let's see. This is uh, Suokuro Manabi. Does that sound about right? Uh uh From Princeton here in the U.S., and Klaus Hasselmann at the Max Planck Institute for Meteorology in Hamburg, Germany, uh, for the physical modeling of Earth's climate, quantifying variability, and reliable, reliably predicting global warming. So that was one one prize. The other one, half, one of, half of the prize. one half of the prize. Yes, 
The other half of the prize goes to Giorgio Parisi at the Sapienza University of Rome in Italy for the discovery of the interplay of disorder and fluctuations in physical systems from atomic to planetary scales. So his part of the his part of the of the award took me a while to personally dig through and understand really what he did but those were a lot of big words put together. Yeah. So let's break it down let's break it down to our listeners. So what did Saikuru Manabe do? Uh, he uh, what, in about the 1960s demonstrated how increased levels of CO2 in the atmosphere lead to increased temperatures at the surface of the Earth. Now that you've heard that, you're probably like, well, I knew that. Sure, but he never got the Nobel Prize for sure. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, he developed physical models on, of the Earth's climate, and he was the first person to explore the interaction between radiation balance and, and the vertical transport of air masses due to convection. So that means gas is getting up into the atmosphere. He also took into account the water cycle as well. Uh, increased levels of CO2 lead to higher temperatures. This happens in the lower atmosphere, but while in the upper, upper atmosphere things get colder, if the increase in Earth's temperature was caused by solar radiation and not CO2, then the entire atmosphere temperature would increase, not just the lower. Isn't that, isn't that smart? I mean, it's simple now. You mm -hmm. think about it now, it's simple. But for him to have, like, you know, sort of figured that out in the 60s. Well, know? yeah, but it, it laid the foundation for the development of current, uh, current climate models. Yeah, absolutely. Like, without yeah. That, that foundation, we wouldn't build upon it with all the other models that we have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. How about no, it's Klaus crazy. Hasselman? Yeah, almost so. Klaus Hasselman, almost a decade later, so sometime in the mm -hmm. 1970s, so he made a connection between climate and weather. So, right, so he created modeling systems of Earth's climate, and then he was able to, from that, quantify variab variability and reliably predict global warming, right? So the other guy was like, okay, CO2 leads to increased temperatures. This guy... It's like, okay, you, you, you mess with the climate, you mess with the temperature, we're going to have, or glo global warming can lead to then climate change. So he was instrumental in understanding how the planet is changing. He developed models, which I thought was also interesting. So separately from like this, well, or maybe along this effort, right? So he developed models for operational wave monitoring for ocean forecasting, which apparently led to an increase in maritime safety for like maritime traffic. So like, That's important. yeah, right. So some of the same models he used for like Earth's climate, weather, global warming, he used that for sort of like wave monitoring. And uh, so his contribution was that he was able to prove that human emissions of CO2 are responsible for the increased temperature in the atmosphere. So human behavior and the other one was CO2 and climate. And of, of the three, Giorgio Parisi <laughs> was, was difficult to pin down. Apparently, he's done a lot of stuff that helped, that was crucial to understand complex systems and complex models, but um, couldn't necessarily, you know, pin him down for a like it's all theoretical right yeah yeah yes. i couldn't pin him down for like a specific you know discovery that's in textbooks at least not textbooks we we read <laughs> not textbooks i read 
So yeah, so he discovered apparently like so hidden patterns in disordered complex materials. So right, so he had groundbreaking contributions to the theory of complex systems. Okay. Whatever, whatever that means in the physics world, right? So sure. but I, I did some more digging. So he's credited for the discovery of the interplay of disorder and fluctuations in physical systems from anywhere from atomic to planetary scales. You know what we need to do? We need to ask Foner what the hell that means. So we need a physicist. When, when, when Dr. Foner, no, I think a physiologist will help out here. <laughs> No, I think you're right. I think in that case, you need a, a theoretical physicist to explain that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, those are the uh, prizes. So, well, congratulations to the Nobel Prize winners in physics. So I haven't heard whether they are going to cancel the ceremonies in Stockholm. Well, my guess is yes. Look, they're canceling everything in Europe right now. Yeah. They canceled Christmas. <laughs> They're telling people, two people to a house. Oh, well, yeah, people didn't listen last year to that. No one's going to listen this year. That's, that's <laughs> I didn't say they'd listen. That's, that's what they're that's, being told. No, that's nonsense. But they are canceling larger events, sporting so speaking, events. And things, speaking so of they may. larger events, I, I agree at this point, maybe. Or at least make sure everybody's vaccinated in mass. There are safe ways uh, yeah, to do it. Sure. You know, we've, we've talked about this before. We need to switch the conversation to how do we manage this? We cannot keep shutting down things. That's, that's, not, that's not the way moving forward. The other variant is right around the corner. I bet you it's already out there. It's just a matter of selecting for it. That's the way variants work. You mean pie? <laughs> we'll see the which pie one. pie variant? We'll, that's we'll not which, cool. We'll see which one comes up. We'll see which one comes up. But We will see. We need to switch the conversation to how, as a society, we live with it. But if you are one of our listeners and you're worried about the holidays, the holidays are coming up, mm -hmm. you're going home to Christmas, you're going home to see mom and dad, you're going home to see grandma, you know, or older family members, and you're worried, uh, you know, can, can, we, can we gather? First of all, I'd say encourage everyone to get vaccinated. I, that's, you know, encourage everyone to get yeah. vaccinated. The other thing you can do is there are relatively cheap antigen COVID tests out there. They're being sold in pharmacies. They're being sold at Walmart, Sam's Club, Costco. You can buy them online. They'll ship them to you. I think sure. they'll run you about 10, 15 bucks a test. And they're, they're, they're highly reliable. They have a high level of specificity and sensitivity, right? There's some error, of course, but every test has them. And if you're worried about gathering, let's say, you know, is, is someone asymptomatic and is going to give it to grandma? It does not hurt if you want to be on the super safe side to take a quick COVID antigen test, not an antibody test, antigen test, right? And then it takes 10, 15 minutes to get the results. If someone is positive, you can give them a second test just to make sure and tell them, hey, you know what? The, the correct thing to do, the smart thing to do is maybe go home and, you know, not infect grandma or grandpa. I don't know. What do you think about that? No, I think that's good advice. I, I'd also say, you know, let's worry about grandma. Grandma could infect you. 
That's you know what I mean. <laughs> Maybe we should send grandma. You know, I want to. I want to add this. So while while I I agree completely, we gotta we gotta be safe. Continue, you know, social distancing to a degree. It's it's been two years. I mean, a lot of people didn't travel last year and no, follow the restrictions. I agree. And so I I just want to say this too. There are other diseases out there that mimic the symptoms of covid so just yeah. because somebody's symptomatic get them tested that like that's a great idea it's it'll put your fears aside you know but there's the common cold there's the flu there's rsv they my uh one of my family members uh was just they they oh they thought he had covid and they tested him and they think he has strep strep throat so you know these symptoms overlap and so don't just assume somebody's got COVID, get them, get a, get a rapid test. You know, I, I'd hate for somebody to be ostracized from their family from the holidays because they, no, uh, I agree. I, I feel well, I, I think we cannot as a country anymore, or even, you know, uh, with, you know, just health advice or whatever, tell people not to gather we can suggest it we can say gather minimally uh, crack a window open air gather outside if you live in a place that's you know warm enough whatever right but yeah i think people want to see their families this pandemic has dragged on too long for a lot of people there are safe ways to gather there are well, that's what we're trying to to, to yeah. share with you because yeah. I, I i guarantee people aren't gonna listen and and, and i support that it's it's you can't keep people from their families that long. Yeah. Right. We're, sure. we're social creatures. Yeah. yeah. I've been sure. saying this for a while, but yeah. you can still be safe about it. You right? can, you can try to maximize the number of people vaccinated. Some mm-hmm. people cannot get vaccines because of health reasons or whatever, but you know, try to maximize the number of people vaccinated that you're gathering and be have, smart. have be smart. COVID, COVID antigen tests ready. If someone tests positive, you say, Hey, you know, whatever, do the right thing. And, and then, yeah, exactly. Be smart about it. There's Purell, get your wipes, get, you know, yeah, have, yeah. have stations in the house if that's what you're concerned about. And, you and know, there are asymptomatic cases with the vaccinated. So yeah. have them wash their hands too. Exactly. Just treat everybody like Just they could, even, could be. Even, mm-hmm. even the vaccinated should get tested. Sure. And if, if you have a positive COVID antigen, don't buy the antibody test, buy the, mm. buy the antigen test. Antibody, pretty much everybody's going to be IgG positive if they're vaccinated. Well, if, if you're vaccinated, you better be. Or else, exactly. Or else it if you're negative, work. you've got a problem. You've got a problem. <laughs> Some of these kids test IgM, but I haven't seen a good antibody test out there in, in, a, in a while. I think a lot of them now are antigen No, tests. you get the antigen test. Just don't, don't even bother. Yeah, get the antigen test. And if you've got antigens, that means you're positive. Just, just go home, recover safely hydrate uh, take your meds and you'll be fine but yeah if you gather do it do it smartly don't just you know yeah ga- yeah do it smartly and i think uh, i mean i'm going to see my family uh you better you you left here to go down I, there to I see i know them. i know they're better three hours away they're gonna kill mm-hmm. me if i don't go they're all vaccinated good they're all boosted good and uh, we're, we're running antigen tests to make sure everybody's negative when we gather. And then then we can gather with, with peace of mind and uh, not having to wear our masks around our family. Just, you know, we're going to we're all vaccinated boosters. We're going to get tested and then we're all going to have a big, happy, merry Christmas. There's a good there's a good way to do this. And can you, know, can you say that again, but just 
be a little bit more happy? I am happy. <laughs> I am looking forward to the food. I am looking forward to the dessert, but I am oh, also yeah. looking forward to spending time with my nieces and nephews. I, uh, I don't know if I told you, I recently, as of yesterday, actually, bought a microscope for my own personal use. You did. And I, I just laughed inside. And uh, I, I am uh, taking it with me. It's gonna be, it's gonna be uh, uh, primarily. I, you know, bought it for the for the kids to play with. Sure, we're, sure. We're gonna try to find tardigrades in pond water. Light, light microscope. Uh, this also it's a light microscope. Okay. Yeah, light microscope. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, light microscope. Yeah. So we're gonna try to. Those find- aren't. They, they don't run you too much. Did you get a really nice one, or is it? I got a uh, used. Uh, uh, okay. I, yeah, I got a used one from a professor who no longer needed it. He had a few at home, and I was talking to him, and he said, oh, yeah, I've got a couple. Hey, you can have it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. that's nice. It's uh, fully functional. You know, it's got a few uh, and dents here and there, but, you know, fully functional, works, does the job. That's what you need. And uh, as soon as I find a tardigrade, I'll post it on our Instagram feed. Wonderful. You better explain what that is for everyone, too. We will. We will. Once, once we find one. Once we find one. All right, so uh, you know, it would be a shame to do Fawner's fun physio. No, I think we'll have to here. wait. I, yeah, it's I, his I, fun. It's his fun fact. Yeah, I'd feel I'd feel bad doing so that. So we'll just him. hold off on that. I agree. So uh, that brings us to our game segment. You're 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 up. Okay. Uh, so trying to keep this a little bit shorter, but. Uh, oh, I don't know. It must have been two episodes ago or last episode. Man, it's last been a little while. Ago. Yeah. Since we recorded. So uh, we had a recent outbreak of a foodborne bacterial infection that has been associated with consumption of contaminated salami sticks. Yes, I folks. I still laugh at that. Salami okay. sticks. I know. Uh, of the people infected with the outbreak strain of bacteria, 22 of 23 were uh, tested positive for this specific strain and symptoms include watery to bloody diarrhea fever of 102 dehydration and uh and the episode's question was to name two other foods or animals that can be involved in outbreaks with this type of bacteria and uh i'm sure rick answered yes rick did answer yeah and if you'd did, like me to read his answer I no that's okay did rick get it right <laughs> <laughs> uh well let me let me double check give me a second here sure. so rick oh, uh, rick is uh is a great great listener by the way rick uh, keep, yes, keep thank listening you, rick. keep keep sending our please uh, podcast out to people we can we can rely on you that's important yeah so uh he said salmonella is found in lots of undercooked foods like beef chicken turkey pork eggs or turtles Actually had a patient hospitalized that I saw in a hospital a couple months ago. Got it from chicken. Yeah. Anyway, good to hear from you guys. Merry Christmas, Rick Lorenzo. And he uh, 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 talks to us a bit about mandates and vaccines and unvaccinated. Pretty much uh, agrees sure. with what we said. So the uh, the outbreak strain, this one was very interesting. It was just, it, yeah, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of strains of salmonella. Um, but typically we think of chickens or eggs and then, like you said, reptiles, because uh, it's actually a normal flora of birds and reptiles, the amphibians. So things that lay eggs have salmonella. And uh, when my uh, 
my kids were younger, we would go to the zoo and they would bring animals around as part of this little zoo class. And um, anytime they brought a snake or a lizard around the, the a helper fall with Purell every single yeah, time. So, yeah, yeah. you know, and so I just, I wanted to share this cause we don't share things too much. Did my, did my screen pop up here? It is popping up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, has started sharing screen. I see. I see. Oh, COVID-19 response. So, uh, these are this is this from the CDC. Just so you know, the CDC does a lot more than COVID. So here they are. They're tracking things like E. coli, some so current outbreaks. You see right now, there's an outbreak going on in onions. Right, um, and so I would definitely that says Keeler, not Keller. So just be careful that you get that right. <laughs> um, you know, be careful. You should check uh, every now and then. Yeah, uh, where what whichever grocery store you use, uh, most of them now will push out uh, text when when something has been, um, when when a food has been associated with an outbreak. But yeah, I just want uh, to show a, you some of these right that's here. That's a good point, especially if you have like the rewards card, right? So the sure. one of the importance about that rewards card is that it actually, if if you did purchase a product that has a lot number that has some contamination, they'll actually let you know. Yeah, really important, right? So small turtles, like I said, you know, they're just part of part of the turtle poop, right? Wild songbirds, who's getting into those? I don't know. Ground turkey, there's a good reason not to eat ground turkey. Look, oh, even cashew brie, soft cheeses, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, yep, stuffed chicken, pro- oh, salmonella everywhere, cooked shrimp, oh, come on, salads, meats. Um, it's 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 easy to get things contaminated um, if it's coming into contact with bird or, or I guess reptile poop. And so anyway, I just thought I'd share that that if you're ever interested in looking things up or food safety, very important, right? This is going on right now. We could even look to see uh, they do usually a pretty good job of following it, uh, a timeline and usually maps as well of locations yeah we'll just do this very quickly and we'll get to the last question but there we'll show you the number of cases right we've had a few here in pa 13 very well done very well done and it's 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 usually live the depending on the severity of the outbreak i don't think they update everything every day but yeah yeah but they they do a good job with these so um you know it's 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 a good resource to have available if you're ever concerned We'll stop that share. So, so interesting stuff, right? I, I agree. Think. All right. Well, enough of the uh, salami sticks. Let's uh, finish it up with the uh, this episode's question. I kept it short today. Um, you know, all you have to do is maybe look up the symptoms. But in this episode, we have a classroom of first grade students. They all developed something called nocturnal perianal puritis. Itchy butts at night. Um, and, and kids are very tired from a lack of sleep and typically are, are, are whiny because of a lack of sleep. So, um, and that's it. So we have kids with itchy butts at night. The microbe causing the disease is easily transmitted on fomites. I just wanted to bring back what is a fomite as we get into our um, you know our flu season right fomite is anything that any inanimate object that can be involved in transmission of a pathogen from one person to another and um, you know again keep those doorknobs clean and yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. you know have people wash their hands so anyway 
this is transmitted on fomites. So uh, my question is, what is the organism's name and what route does it use to infect patients? And if you think you know the answer to our riddle, email us at thebiobusters at gmail.com. Again, that email is thebiobusters at gmail.com. You can also just send us a DM on Instagram. Make sure to check out our Instagram page, subscribe, and share our podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Daily Motion as well. We have links to all of these in the notes, in the show notes. Follow and share. And thanks for listening. One more thing. thing. One more thing. Just remember, you do win bling if you answer the question. That you is got, correct. You got, you got, uh, That's correct. Rick Lorenzo has a Rick, lot of our. I was going to say, does Rick have a whole set of mugs by now? I haven't sent him a mug yet, but he's, oh, he's, he's had our stuff. Uh, he's had our stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, that early but on. I do. I do owe him a mug and I'm behind yeah. on the shipments there. Yeah. Well, I think he'll appreciate that. So, Rick, uh, I think we've got your address. So. And if not, why don't you send it in again? Anyway, uh, thanks I'm, for I'm, listening. I'm just waiting on the order. I, I, I have uh, put in an order. Uh, probably on a boat somewhere in the ocean right, right now. In, Yeah, waiting at the port of LA. That is correct. <laughs> All righty. Thank you for listening. And we will see you for the next episode, our 50th and 50th. our Ig Noble Award episode. Ig Noble Awards. Exciting. All righty. Mm-hmm.